welcome back. You're listening to The Youth Take, a main voice to men podcast dedicated to lifting the voices of young people and engaging youth around topics of gender and violence prevention. Thanks for listening. Today, in our final mini-series episode, we bring you Aiden Stark-Chessa, as well as his mom, Susan Stark. They came together to discuss what gender across generations means to them, how to handle conversations with people of different viewpoints, and finally, how the world seems resistant to changing definitions of gender. Now, let's get to listening. My name is Aiden Stark-Chessa. I'm 18 years old. My name is Susan Stark, and I am 51 years old. Cool. What is your definition of gender? I guess I'm not really sure I have a definition of gender. I think the most important thing about gender is that people feel free to identify in a way that is meaningful and makes sense to them. And beyond what society thinks of it as a a binary that sorts people into two categories based somehow on their biology and their sexual organs and other sexual characteristics, I'm not really sure what I think gender is. Mm. What about you? What do you think gender is? Um, I would agree. I would say, to me, gender is probably a spectrum. Um, I don't. I don't know if the, like, it's sort of hard to envision it. Like, I don't know. I try to. I try to come up with ways to envision it. And to me, a spectrum is the easiest. It's hard to like envision it as like a scatter plot of like everywhere. Um, so I'd say that's how I tend to conceptualize it yeah I tend to to agree I tend to think of it as a spectrum too Mm. Uh, how has your understanding of gender changed since your youth well I think I had a fairly traditional childhood I um, identify as a woman and um, as I'm cisgendered so I identify as the gender that I was assigned at birth and I think as a child I and I still think I identify as fairly feminine on the set of norms that often define gender. I think that my own understanding of my gender has not changed that much since I was a child, but my understanding of the concept of gender has changed and has gone probably from being somewhat traditional to being essentially a a spectrum of however anyone identifies themselves. Have you ever felt confined by a narrow definition of the gender that you identify as? Um, I don't think so. I think that as I trend toward this more uh, both informed, knowledgeable, and open view of gender, I think that I do a pretty good job at, uh, at being able to express myself in the way I want to. I'm pretty comfortable in the way that I choose to express myself, and I, I don't feel that pressured into a a narrow form of expression. I think I express myself in a way that feels good to me. Of course, you don't really like know if that would be different. I'm sure, well, I take that back. I know that that would be different depending on how I was raised or depending on what world, what universe, what, what manner I was raised. I think that what would feel good to me then would change. I think that myself is not a inherent thing that would remain steadfast in whatever manner I was raised. Yeah, I think it's hard to imagine what 
it would be like to live in a world that was different with regard to gender and it's hard to know how you know you or I would be embodied or how we would feel embodied in that world right or that you or I would even be the same like right. per, like I I don't think that you or I would be the same person that seems foolish yeah that's I, I agree I think that's probably true what have you noticed about gender within adult culture at this time one thing that surprised me is that some of the young people I talk to not necessarily in my job but you know, people who I talk to, teenagers, almost seem like they have more traditional attitudes about gender than I do. And, you know, I think that that's something that's often been surprising to me. I have also been surprised that some of the adults that I know, um, I've, I've, you know, tried to encourage about, you know, maybe eight or 10 years ago, tried to encourage them to use gender inclusive language Again, not in my work, but in other aspects of my life, and you know, kind of explain the arguments behind why gender inclusive language is so important, and presented research about it. And I, you know, and these were kind of people I liked, people of goodwill, and I explained it all, I laid it all out, I, you know, said how to do it, and then you know, they they didn't do it, and then they, you know, they didn't do it over years. And I remember at some point just being shocked that I had like explained it all to people and. Uh, explained how to do it, explained why it was important to do it, and still they didn't do it. And so I think, you know, maybe adults more than young people are really kind of entrenched in their views and have a hard time changing, or at least that seems like it's true for some adults, um, which I still feel hopeful that people can learn to do things differently, but, you know, maybe that's hard. Uh, what do you notice about the changing nature of gender among the youth culture at this time as compared to adults? No, I think that it's interesting. I don't know if you can necessarily, you know, group all of youth culture into one monolith uh, when it comes to this or really any potentially divisive issue. I don't know. It'd be great if this wasn't, but I mean, I feel like it probably is a somewhat divisive issue, and I think that there is a trend probably, or really I think that there's a trend toward those who may hold less progressive, yeah, more conservative views um, to feel sort of attacked judged. when, or judged, attacked and judged, which sort of I don't like to see. I think that that's a, not a great environment. So I've seen that trend of people sort of, if you bring issues like this up with somebody with more traditional views on gender, this this actual air of feeling judged and hurt um, because it, it feels like they think that every aspect of themselves is getting attacked. Um, and I think that's a bummer, and I try to think about how to overcome that whenever I have to, or whenever I, I, get, whenever I get to talk to people who uh, disagree with me. I try to think about how to open up the conversation and not have it be a binary and not have it be, not have it, have anybody feel like they're uh, getting attacked. I agree with you. I mean, I think it's really important for people to be able to grow and learn and to create an environment where people can, you know, express their feelings and learn about different ways of being in the world that are different from, from the way that they are in the world. I think that's really important. Um, and so creating a compassionate 
conversation space, I think is a great idea. I also have to say, I've been really surprised. I've been in some online conversations lately, as well as some personal conversations in which people have really expressed a lot of, you know, transphobia and uh, kind of negativity about someone who is trans. And, you know, I've, I find it really puzzling for, for cisgender people to have an opinion about whether, you know, a trans woman is really a woman. And, you know, I sort of, on the one hand, I, I get it that it's a, it's a whole ideology that we're all bought into and people are, are feel like they have to defend that. But on the other hand, it, it's, it really doesn't concern the, the person expressing the anti-trans view. And so, uh, you know, I, I also think it's really important to, um, to stand up to people who are expressing oppressive views, um, even if we can do it in a, in a compassionate way. But I think it's important to, to do it because I, I think there's a lot of um, really hurtful ideologies out there. I absolutely agree. And I think that, uh, you know, especially in, in these sorts of cases, it's really important to stand up to this because the goal is to trend toward a more inclusive world. Uh, I just don't think that, well, I just think that most of my experience with times like this, if you if you take the more standoffish, more aggressive line, which sometimes you want to because you want to defend your uh, friends and peers, uh, that that never really results in a mind being changed. And I think that that, again, is the goal. Even though I may be angry or I may feel like I want to sort of defend uh, my friends or the people around me, I think it's really important to remember that sort of short-term justice or revenge or whatever really isn't the goal at all. And I really try to bring that ideology into everything I do. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, again, with the caveat that, that no one should police anybody else's tone or no one should require anybody else to be compassionate because I think people who experience oppression, whether on the basis of their gender, their race, their gender identity, their gender expression, or whatever, um, you know, I think if, if someone wants to, you know, get angry and, and be pissed off at someone else, then that's what they should do. I totally agree. I, I just don't, I'm coming from the idea yeah, yeah. that that might not be the most, the, the most productive thing, but I totally agree that everybody has a right to behave in whatever way they want. I just, and, yeah, you try and, in your own life to, and, and sometimes that doesn't go well. Sometimes I get mad. Sometimes I, you know. Yeah. So I don't. Totally. I feel like that's definitely a uh, thing. Reflecting upon your role as a parent, can you think of any examples when you wished you had reacted differently to gender roles or stereotypes within yourself or your children? Yeah. So I was thinking about this, and um, I can think of a couple examples. Um, one is an example where I, well, so when you were young, you had pretty long hair and, um, you know, all through your kind of grade school, middle school, you had really long hair and people all the time used to misgender you and think you were a girl. You know, I'm not sure I always did the right thing in those situations. I, I tried not to make people feel bad, um, about making that mistake, but I also tried to, to speak up and say, you know, 
oh, you know, he, blah, 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 or whatever, to, to sort of make it clear what your gender was. Um, so, you know, I guess if I have any regrets, I, I sort of wish that I had maybe been more clear uh, in, in asserting what your gender was. Um, and then the other example I, I feel a little worse about are my youngest child um, was getting ready to start kindergarten and he was six or almost six and we went to the store because he needed shoes to wear to school and um, he picked out a purple pair um, they might have actually even been pink um, and he really wanted the pink shoes and the person at the store definitely did not think that he should buy the pink shoes. Uh, I, I, of course, supported him in, supported my child in wanting to buy the pink shoes. But I also had this little worry inside of me that maybe he was gonna get teased or harassed when he went to school because he was a boy and identified as a boy and was wearing pink shoes. Didn't he get the pink shoes though? He got the pink shoes and he wore the pink shoes to school, but but I feel bad, I feel a little bit bad because I was not like wholeheartedly in support of the pink shoes. I was like, of course he's gonna get whatever shoes he wants. And as long he as really did like those shoes. He did, and he, he had pink shoes for several years, um, several different iterations of the pink and purple shoes. And you know, he wore what he wanted, but, but I guess what I'm not really totally proud of is that I um, felt kind of uncomfortable sending him to school in pink shoes. I, I worried that he would get teased. And, um, you know, I, I, we live in a, in a kind of homophobic, transphobic society. So it's not, um, it's not outlandish that I worried about him getting teased, but, you know, I, I wish that I had been stronger and more confident in what I knew was right and was just like, yeah, he's wearing the pink shoes and whatever happens, we'll deal with it. Um, so I, I would, uh, if I could do it over again, I would be more confident in my views about that. But but in terms of what I allowed him to do and publicly said I was going to do, and, and uh, you know I publicly supported him and never wavered in my whether or not he could buy the shoes. being a parent changed your views on masculinity or has being a parent changed your views on masculinity yeah a lot I mean I when I you know this before I had kids I was convinced I was gonna have only girls and um, how were you convinced like that I, I don't know it was sort of silly because it's like you yes. don't get to pick the universe showed you yeah the universe did um, I have three boys um, and I you know I think that I was she a, says regretfully. No, she, she no longer regrets it. Um, I didn't really think I would know how to raise boys. And I, I kind of Im imagined that I would only have a close relationship to girl children that I would have. And so I've, you know, A, I've learned that that's not true, that, that someone's gender does not have anything to do with whether or not I can have a close relationship with them. It has to do with whether you know I want to and I put the work in and I have stuff in common with the people in question and then I also think I I didn't have very positive views about masculinity when I first you know when I was younger I didn't I didn't hate men for sure but I also 
didn't have super positive views about masculinity. I, I thought of it as being kind of more the negative things on the spectrum of masculinity, the, the sort of toxic or what you know some people call narrow masculinity, which I think is a good name for it. And the thing that I've learned is that that's not what masculinity is. That is this very narrow understanding of what masculinity is that our culture has fed us all and that masculinity is a lot more than that and really can be very positive, powerful, beautiful things that are, um, you know, again, like whatever anyone wants to make it. And having children who are uh, assigned the sex of male at birth and then identify with that sex or that gender has really taught me a lot about masculinity, taught me a lot about myself, taught me a lot about having relationships with people across gender and other differences because it's really important to do that and totally possible and really just based on whether you put in the effort and the time and and the concern to learn about the person. Yeah, totally. Um, what adv- Last question. What advice would you give other parents considering the intersection of parenting and gender? Yeah, so uh, I think it is, I think when when my kids were little, I tried really hard to not gender them. Um, you know, I bought yellow clothes and like pretty green clothes and, you know, didn't do a lot of like traditional blue. I had actually pink clothes too that I dressed them in Um, and white and lots of colors that were not associated with a gender. And I really tried to kind of diminish the the, um, influence of gender in their lives so that they could identify as they wanted to. Now, of course, I didn't do that completely, as my story about the the purple shoes indicates. You know, I have my own gender stereotypes, which though I tried to keep them out of uh, out of my parenting, I you know couldn't do that completely. But um, I think to the greatest extent possible to avoid gendering people and then just allow them to be who they are, and people will figure out what their gender is as they grow up because. Um, everyone has inside of them some inkling about their identity and that will just come out and grow and develop. So I think to the greatest extent possible, avoiding gender, um, not gendering people, kind of like the opposite of the gender reveal party where you make a really big deal of gender, you just kind of like make no deal of gender and like some, you know, infants and babies and children have certain kinds of, you know, parts, and others have other kinds of, you know, parts, genitals. Um, and it's like, yeah, you just kind of live in the world with that and and um, you find your way. Uh, that's more authentic to who you really are. Um, and then the last question that I have on my list is, uh, how have you felt supported in your gender, in your relationships, your family, your friends, your professional and romantic relationships? I have been supported, and I think that um, you really hit the nail on the head with that last one. I think that um, I've been supported in being allowed to, quote-unquote, like, choose where I want to sit on the gender spectrum um, and how I want to behave in that. Um, I think that 
one thing that I've appreciated about my parenting is the, the support. I think that whatever direction I feel like I want to take my life or my relationships, um, I am supported. Uh, and I think that that is something that all other parents should take notes on. I think that that is a super noble thing to do for your child is just no matter what like you may have about the world, you kind of let your child find their own. I found that when I had children, I had particular ideas of what I thought they were going to be like, what I thought they were going to do, what I thought they were going to care about, what I thought they were going to um, become in life. And I realized in having children that, you know, I don't own you. I don't, you do not belong to me. You belong to yourself. And any ideas that I have about what you should do or what you should become or how you should be in the world or what job you should have or where you should go to school or any of those things, you know, it's really not up to me. It's, it's up to me to, to be, you know, as a parent, to be supportive and present and loving and thoughtful. But, you know, you're, a, a child's life is their own. And that's true of gender and it's true of all other aspects of what it is to be a, a child and then an adult, a human in the world. And I think parents would do well and I've aspired to this, I try to do it, to, to recognize that, that I'm, I'm, it's not my job to control you. It's my job to, you know, be your parent and guide you and support you and, um, you know, provide insights into life um, for my children, but not to try to make them be a particular way. This was the Youth Take miniseries, Gender Across Generations. Thank you to Aiden and Susan for sharing their voices for this final episode. It's important to have these conversations, and we appreciate learning from both the members of the Youth Council and their parents. To learn more about Maine Boys to Men and our Youth Council, check out our website, mainboystomen.org, or follow us on social media at Maine Boys to Men. And make sure to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast to be notified about upcoming episode releases. Tune in next time for more great conversations.